0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini Upper Deck, Tops especially, maybe I should say Fanatics, Heritage Auctions, Hugs & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Tops does live on, but they have been acquired, at least trading card, aspect of their company has been acquired, just announced, acquired by Fanatics for reportedly $500 million. Was this unexpected? No. It, it sure made a lot of sense, and it made great sense for Fanatics to buy. They're saying half the company, but it's really two-thirds of the company for less than half of what the company was going to be going for with the SPAC just uh, five or six months ago. They bought the, the trading card half of the company for tops, going back to... Uh, The half that they're going to retain, it's going to be easy to split the employee, whether they worked on the cards or worked on the candy and gum. And they probably already done this analysis when they were getting ready for the SPAC. Not that they would have split, but they're really two different businesses. And uh, frankly, Topps was a candy and gum company beginning in 1938. They didn't get into cards. And they in 1948, they did the Topps magic photos, those little tiny ones. So it even predates 51 or 52, whatever you want to say for the birth of Topps cards. They actually had cards in 48 as well. I've got seven points here. Number two, Michael Eisner is almost 80 years old. He clearly was ready to sell. We could see that he almost had it sold with the SPAC. That would have cashed him out better, but he actually has been the owner for a much longer time than most people like him or private equity entities do. Now, I think Tops or Michael Eisner blinked. When you want to be sold and it's almost done and they have a failed sale, and then you're, who else is going to buy him? They had the dreaded auction with only one bidder. <laughs> And so $500 million is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money compared to what was uh, batted around before. I'm guessing that's a pretty good number. I know from other friends who've sold companies, sometimes there's a leak. Sometimes it's an approximate number. Sometimes the the groups get together and agree to give a number. Uh, rounded off. I, I don't know that it's exact. The media, of course, is probing both sides to figure out whose poker face they can interpret as to whether it's a low or a high estimate. But if it's $500 million approximately, that's a lot of money, but it's a lot less than what Tops was thinking about. I give a shout out to Rich Muller in uh, Sports Collectibles Daily and uh, Suze Lajudai uh, of Card Chat, who's been with Tops And before that, she was with, with the Mile company, and, and is now with Kenny Golden. Suze is apparently not a Michael Eisner fan. <laughs> she worked at Tops and saw that. But again, Tops has gone through several iterations, being public, not public, having different owners. But through it always, we've always had Tops cards. And now I think we always will. So number three, Tops is going to be split into two companies. The, the half that got sold is actually more like two thirds, 60% or so. Is it possible that half will be moving to Florida? It, it's possible. The other half, the candy half or slightly less than half, is that going to stay in New York where they have higher taxes and where they've always been. Again, I think it's easy for tops to figure which employees will go with which entity based on their org chart. But uh, if Fanatics moves the card aspect to Florida after the lease is fulfilled or whatever, that's sometimes the way an acquiring company uses to prune their workforce because not everybody wants to relocate. Uh, you'd think... People would prefer Florida over New York, but not everybody does. Number four, Fanatics is also two companies. And I don't want this to get lost in the story Here is that The Fanatics Licensed Products Group that started in 2011 is valued, it's private, again, primarily owned by Michael Rubin, is valued at $18 billion. That's jerseys and hats and all the different paraphernalia. Fanatics Trading Card is a completely, I won't say completely separate, it's a separate entity It's valued at another $10 billion. And interestingly, the trading card group that hadn't done anything was valued at $10 billion even before this acquisition. I'm wondering if that was already baked in or has the Fanatics Trading uh, Cards entity just already increased in value? Uh, Reports are that Michael Rubin owns at least 80% of the trading card company, 14% owned by the leagues and the unions, and then the new investors that poured in $350 million, uh, six months ago have approximately three and a half percent. Obviously, Michael Rubin is the driving force, the managing partner, the doing whatever has a high degree of control. But they're two different companies, different employees, different financials, but it doesn't mean those two companies cannot work together somewhat symbiotically. But they do have different investors, different owners, different risk profiles. When they're valued, it'll be with different multiples because there's higher margins in one, a more exciting growth possibility. You've got appreciating inventory in the cards, I think, and depreciating inventory in the worn stuff. Because if a player gets traded or the logo gets changed, you've got last year's merchandise. And it's sold at a discount, whereas last year's cards, heretofore, have been sold uh, at a premium. Number five, I haven't seen reports on this, of the timing of the deal, not when it's going to close necessarily, I'm curious about that too, but when did the talks start? My guess is they started as soon as tops realized they wanted to do something and they had a limited number of options. Uh, This Michael Rubin guy moves very fast. And again, if you're a type A person like that, sooner is better if you like being in control. You want to be in control of your destiny? Why not do it sooner? I'm guessing the price is all cash. That's one of the problems with a sublicensing deal, which was batted around as a possibility. If there would have been a sub deal, it would have involved now to type payments that are contingent. And again, you wouldn't have complete control. So that probably was more unlikely given the personalities of, of the players involved. Uh, I doubt there was any uh, stock swap where Michael Eisner's taking stock in the new entity. I think it's probably, my guess it's a clean deal, uh, a minimal due diligence period because they've, they've already done a lot of that stuff and a lot of it was already available with the SPAC information. And so probably a pretty quick closing, maybe there's a little bit of contingencies held back but probably nothing appreciable. This is a deal, like in most deals, both parties apparently wanted this. Nobody held a gun. I think Topps was at a disadvantage, but they, they didn't have to sell. They could have hung in there, but they must have felt this was their best offer. Number six. I noticed this in Suze's commentary in her card chat, is that she says this is good for everyone, I <laughs> think it remains to be seen for Panini. Uh, I do believe it can be business as usual for Upper Deck, and, and especially Leaf. Uh, but to put a positive note on it, here's a scenario that I think would be favorable for Panini. Now, I don't think it's necessarily going to happen, but this is a what if in order to avoid antitrust or anti-competitive scrutiny with fanatics having almost complete control for these three sports and undoubtedly raising prices. They're going to increase demand, but they're going to increase supply and increase, they're going to have complete control. What if they allow Panini to keep Players Association licenses in all three of the major sports. No team logos like their situation with baseball now. So they get to keep basketball, football, and baseball, but without logos. That would make them no real true threat to fanatics because they wouldn't have the full licensing, but they could still put out some great cards. They're very creative and they could help build the sports card category. And would make, again, fanatics would be in control, but Panini could help build the category. And I'm in favor of competition. I believe that, for example, Coke, my dad used to work for Coke. Coke is the decisive number one, especially globally. But Pepsi has made Coke better and even more profitable. The two are better than one building the category. But Coke is still number one. I think Panini is not going to be number one, even in football and basketball, pretty soon. So if they were allowed to keep their uh, player association licenses, they could still help build the category and use their excellent creativity. And number seven, last here. How is this good for collectors? And Suze is saying it's good for everyone. I'm saying I hope it's good for Panini and everyone. But how is it good for collectors in a way that I have not heard discussed? Okay, here's a way. If you believe in this deal, and you believe in fanatics, and you're bullish in the category, then why aren't you buying anything and everything, asterisk, anything that is not yet, that has not yet been hyped? <laughs> anything that has not been hyped that could be hyped, why do we not think that's going to double in the future? If you're going to have twice as many collectors and twice as much interest in the category... So if something has stayed the same price, not been hyped, if it's already been hyped, then I don't want to pay the double price now. I want to buy the price now and watch it go up in value. And so I I believe there's going to be just a general perception that this is a better category with Fanatics getting so much publicity. And so this, the perception that cards are more valuable. And so a $1 card, maybe that's a $2 card. Maybe a $10 card is a $20 card. If you look at the value or the prices of unopened boxes, have they not doubled in the last few years? Have you looked at the cost of grading, getting a card graded? Has that not doubled or more in the past couple of years? What would you buy if you thought everything, not everything, but everything that is not already hyped has a chance to double in two years? You'd be aggressive in your team collecting, your player collecting, and maybe even set collecting. If you're bullish on the category, then all cards, whether they're low supply or high supply, because past supply, the past supply is a constant. they are not going to make any more. Fanatics is going to make some new cards. Whether they make more or less, that's their call. But of the old cards, the supply is the supply. All those cards will benefit if Fanatics brings in more collectors and we get a doubling of demand for new cards, it has to spill over to old cards. Again, they're no sure things, again, but I recommend looking at some of these card ladder, market movers types, and you may even have your own kind of graphs for these uh, inferred values. Uh, But when you look at the graphs, you'll be able to see what's already gone up, what's already been hyped. And so I'm asking you, in light of this Fanatics buying T.O.P.S., to consider some other alternatives, not just what has gone up the most recently, but what has not gone up that could go up. It's skating to where the puck is going to be next instead of skating to the puck. So again, if it's already gone up, it might keep going up and it might not. Again, no sure things. If it's stayed the same for a while, it might stay the same for another longer. But I just like my chances if I'm buying something that has not already been hyped and if I see twice as many collectors in 2022, 3, 4, 5, uh, I like the chances of the whole broad hobby benefiting. And that means, uh, hopefully, Panini and uh, Tops, Fanatics, Upper Deck, Leaf, and every other entity that's in the industry. It's an ecosystem, and uh, bringing somebody in that's going to heavily promote, I agree with Sus. I think that really can be good for everybody. And I hope it is. So thanks, everybody. Big news. We've had huge news in the last year. I'm glad I'm doing this podcast. There are other great podcasts out there that I enjoy listening to. Everybody's got their own take. This is mine. And thanks again. The